0: Here and Now. Support local, listen local, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter. At HereNow800. Hey, welcome back. It's Dan McDonald. This is Here and Now. A really great show coming to town playing Fog Lounge, May 10th. Serious Festival, Living Hour, and someone I immediately became musically obsessed with. Not just his aesthetic, but his references, his sound that he draws from. Cannot wait to see this show for Art Deco, joining me on the phone is Art Deco. How's it going? I'm fantastic. How you doing? Very good. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, first off, too, congrats on a beautiful record, Trespasser. Gorgeously produced. I mean, uh, Bowie, Iggy Pop, even like Metric on Quaaludes at times, and like T-Rex <laughs> and Deer Rouge Love Child. It's so good. I, I heard you were obsessed with uh, Berlin-era Bowie and a Deer Hunter record in particular, to the point that you reached out to the producer.
1: Yeah, it was... Um living in a cottage out here on the gulf Islands uh in bc and uh, you know i had my wood stove and my record collection it was a really cold winter probably not by ontario standards but definitely out here on the west coast it doesn't get much snow so the power kit you know would cut out and i'd be like with my acoustic guitar and uh, <laughs> by the fire trying to write music and right. uh, whenever you get a little bit um you know writer's block it's the record collections right there to kind of reinvigorate uh, you with some inspiration. And I was, I kept going back to the same sort of era of David Bowie, which uh, I feel is grossly underappreciated. Everybody knows the song Heroes, but the album it's from and the album that um, came before it, I believe Low, mm-hmm. and um, you know, his New York period when he did Scary Monsters, like that kind of four year period of David Bowie. And you know, he worked with Iggy Pop on The Idiot and Less for Life. It's just such a prolific, um, super avant-garde period for David Bowie. Um, The Deer Hunter uh, inspiration was from Halcyon Digest, and there's this particular vocal sound on that album that I just love, and it drove me crazy. I was trying to research how some of these records were made, and I reached out to Ben H. Allen, who's a Grammy Award-winning producer, um, who did Halcyon Digest, and I didn't even think you know he was going to respond but later that day he gave me like a good you know two pages of notes as to how Bradford Cox you know he was just it's just such an enigma and how he just would come in the studio with a box of crappy microphones and plug them into guitar pedals and would just walk around the studio singing into a microphone and just totally blew the doors open on creativity for me I'm like enough with the three thousand dollar Neumann in a vocal booth I'm Mm going to kind of start experimenting on this record so
0: it's funny that you wrote it in a cottage and in such a rustic environment the record really doesn't sound rustic at all
1: no (laughs) (laughs) i get that a lot actually um yeah it's the whole you know dude moves to woods makes record emerges with a beard and a (laughs) plaid sweater like it you'd think that that kind of lush evergreen sort of surrounding would would infiltrate my writing. But I think how I was inspired by my surroundings was the isolation. You know, the nearest neighbor is, you know, a few kilometers down the road. It's um, very uh, gray in the wintertime here. It's uh, the fog rolling in off the Pacific Ocean. There's eagles and hawks and, and wildlife. It's super green. And then these giant, like, green monsters of mountains just like, erupt from the Pacific Ocean, and it's just this so cinematic. You're, like, living in a real-life Bob Ross painting. So that kind of feeling of um, isolation and, and separation from society, definitely there's, like, a melancholy sort of um, melody to the record, I suppose.
0: Now, the moods really shift on it, too, with this record. I mean, you have, like, an ambient, instrumental, experimental title track, and then the next minute these clanging rhythm guitars, almost garage rock, uh, on a song like "Last in Line," and I love too. I love that you gender bend, not just with your look, but with your sound as well. Do you think the old, like male rock glory, is that is that dead and boring now? Yeah, and I mean, I, uh, yeah, and
1: thanks. I, I worked really hard to try to make it a dynamic <laughs> sonic experience. But you know, one of the things about rock and roll that used to be so exciting, and I mean, I'm you know, I'm in my early 30s now, so I remember watching as a young child, like, even grunge bands like Kurt Cobain, like, you got to remember, Kurt Cobain was, like, uh, he was gender bending in a way, too. He'd wear dresses on stage. He was challenging the masculine overtones of rock and roll, and in the 70s, of course, glam rock did that really on the nose, and, you know, there's definitely a camp sort of association with glam rock that I, I don't really like, but At the same time, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, the new romantic era and early MTV. You'd get all these avant-garde pop bands, And even Prince was, you know, androgynous, and yet he was selling millions of albums. So I feel like rock and roll has lost that um, over the years, and it seems to be coming back now. There's a lot of artists out right now that are really challenging that status quo, and it's exciting again. Um, but when I made the record, I definitely had that in mind. I was like, I'm a, like cisgender male white dude playing rock and roll. How do I make this a little bit interesting so that I feel excited?
0: Well, it's wild too. You mentioned the '70s glam rock and stuff, and even when you think about the '80s, the biggest male when you when it look when you look at pop music, the biggest male icons, uh, I think of you know Michael Jackson, Prince, Boy George, David Bowie, Depeche Mode, George Michael. They all played with like male female, gender-bending aesthetics. Totally. And, and they
1: infiltrated the mainstream with it, which was exciting. Yeah, <laughs> oh, know? it
0: really was. Looking back, that era has dated really, really well. Now, I'm reading reviews of you, and I, I see you constantly being referred to as the mysterious Canadian musician Art Deco, and I was reading a bit about the time that you decided to change your look with the wig and the costumes. How did your aesthetic kind of change you as a performer and a musician?
1: Well, I I only played one show... Um, you know, just as regular me going to Starbucks on a Saturday. Um, And I felt really off. And the next show I played was in Victoria. And I was at the mall getting my keys cut, which is such a pedestrian thing to do. (laughs) And, uh, And I just was waiting, kind of brooding a little bit impatient and look up and I see this wig store, and so I kind of went in there, and there's this beautiful, like, bob cut, and I put it on just on a lark, and I I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I look like Emo Phillips or, (laughs) you know, Carol Pope from the band Rough Trade. I thought, this is going to be funny. I'm going to put this on and surprise my band tonight, and then I'm walking through the bay, and there's that, you know, that perfume section with all the makeup, and I'm like, maybe I'll buy some lipstick, and it just was totally just it fell into play and then the more i did that the more people paid attention and it was like it it just became an echo chamber i had to like go deeper and deeper and deeper but for the most part i mean the band we wear like suits we dress sharp on stage that's almost like a nod to interpol or new romantic or even like you know early joy division like i love that mod kind of british influence of just dressing up to go to your job dressing up to go to work and this is a job so you know why would we just dial it in with jeans and t-shirts like right. let's kind of make it a little bit sensational
0: now i heard the day you were born i don't know if this is true or not, but david bowie's let's dance was number one on the music yeah. charts. and It's yeah. it's funny because for a long time, I, th- I even think David Bowie kind of shied away from that era in his career, but it really has aged very well when you revisit that record in retrospect. And I hear a lot of that era, not necessarily Let's Dance, but that era, like Scandal, is an artist that comes to mind when I look at your aesthetic and your sound and maybe even an artist out of Toronto called Del Bello from the, the mid-'80s. It was like a weirdo time between hair metal and alternative. It wasn't like as blatant as Susie Sue, but it had a lot of fun, wasn't afraid of makeup. And even though it sounds like you slaved over the sounds on this record, it's a very easy listen. I don't want to say it sounds indulgent, but it sounds like you just nailed your influences right down to your look and you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Is it indulgent? Is that a way to describe it? Like it almost, I almost can't help but see part of you as like a kid dancing in his room with his hairbrush to your favorite musical idols when you're, when you're doing your music. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, when you create in a vacuum, like I did, uh, and I mean, I've since moved from the islands. like, you know, my girlfriend and I have a place here in Victoria, it's feeling like Manhattan compar- comparatively, right. and I have a little bit more of a mental stability. Uh, when I was making the record, I was going crazy, I had monomania, I was, these songs that kept swirling in my head, I couldn't even carry a conversation with somebody checking out my groceries, because you know i was thinking of like you know how am i going to resolve that lead line on last in line is it going to end on the c or the e you know what kind of tempo can i make who is it now so that it grooves better and it was just this obsession um and you know the indulgence was me trying to make a dynamic record and it consumed me and it made me go crazy i mean my the producer that i worked with Jason Corbett. You know, we joke that you know i gave him ptsd still <laughs> recovering cuz i was so specific on on you know i workshop the album in demo form for a year before i even brought it into the studio and re-recorded it all over again with like real musicians so by the time it went through vetting my, through my brain and through my process it was like okay I could, this demo could be just if it sounded and mixed a little bit better it could be the album but then putting it through a producer's lens you know, and a lot of the influences that are on the album, he introduced me to as a teenager. He's known me since I was eighteen. So, you know, I would argue with him, like, no, I don't want plugins. I don't want to sound modern and beefed up. Don't put anything on those drums. That's how they're going to sound. And you know, we there's this can, this tense kind of headbutting that was going on. Right. Um. But you know, I think the proof is in the pudding. Like, good art isn't supposed to be easy. Sometimes it's supposed to be difficult to make. It's supposed to have you know, blood, sweat, and tears in, in on the tape. Right. A really,
0: so. You really can hear the blood, sweat, and tears, too. I mean, when I said it was an easy listen, I just meant it's a really fun listen, but when you listen closely, especially with headphones, and reading interviews from you in the past, I could just... I got excited when I heard how meticulous you were about the mics and being experimental and your influences and how you drew it all together. Uh, it just, it, it really does show, like you said, proof is in the pudding. Trespasser is a great record.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate
0: it. Art Deco, uh, gonna be at Fog Lounge May 10th with Sirius Festival and Living Hour. Really, really excited to meet you and to, uh, to watch your show. We're gonna even a track a listen right now, but thanks so much for joining us. Great. For supporting. This is from the record Trespasser. It's Art Deco with Never Tell on Here and Now. That you think should be featured on Here and Now? Contact us at Here and Now at BellMedia.ca. H E A R and Now at BellMedia.ca.